Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Folks, we're teetering on what could be an economic meltdown, threatening to wash away our savings and retirement. Inflation has surged to levels unseen in 40 years. Gold is the smartest and most responsible investment you can make for you and your family in times like these. A safe haven asset that protects your purchasing power and your wallet from inflation. When it comes to protecting your IRA or 401k, trust only the best. My friends at Allegiance Gold. Allegiance Gold has earned the highest trust ratings in the precious metals industry and builds relationships based on integrity, expertise, and impeccable service. Get up to $5,000 in free silver on a qualifying purchase when you visit protectwithlou.com today or give them a call at 844-6484-LOU. Don't wait. Take control of your retirement today. Call 844-6484. 84LOU and speak with one of their experts. Time is of the essence. Protect your future with Allegiance Gold. Visit protectwithlou.com or call 844-648-4LOU. Hello everybody, I'm Lou Dobbs. Welcome to the Great America Show, the House of Representatives passing the almost 900 billion dollar NDAA, the defense spending bill. billion more over the past year, a decidedly inflationary 15% annual increase. Here are some of the important line items in the bill that the House Speaker, Mike Johnson, decided not to fight against, such as Biden's taxpayer-funded abortion travel, program and funding for gender transition surgeries in the military, part of the NDAA, so is the funding for critical race theory at military universities and still... No protection for service members who were discharged for refusing the China virus vaccines. Extending the FISA 702 program even more alarming, because both the House GOP's bill and Schumer's Senate bill didn't call for that extension, which means the insertion of 702 was all the doing of Speaker Mike Johnson. So why did Mike Johnson do this to the American people? Perhaps it has something to do with Johnson's meeting with rhino Paul Ryan. This week, the former Speaker Ryan was on a podcast and couldn't contain his advanced case of Trump derangement syndrome. Ryan is a very sick and jealous fellow, it seems to me, going after President Trump, apparently at the behest of donors or candidates, because Ryan doesn't have to make sense. Here he is. Trump's not a conservative. He's an authoritarian narcissist. So I think they basically called him out for that. He's a populist authoritarian narcissist. So historically speaking, all of his tendencies are, you know, basically where narcissism takes him, which is whatever makes him popular, makes him feel good at any given moment. And he, and he doesn't think in, in, in classical liberal conservative terms, he thinks in, in an authoritarian way. 
And he's been able to get a, a, a big chunk of the Republican base to follow him because, you know, he's the culture warrior. Authoritarian, narcissistic, and not a conservative. The three words Ryan used to describe Trump, but that sounds like projection. Paul Ryan, to a T, in fact. And great news out of the D.C. District Court for President Trump, Marxist District Judge Tanya Chutkin has agreed to pause proceedings while special counsel Jack Smith seeks a ruling from the Supreme Court on the scope of the president's immunity, whether he's entitled to broad immunity from criminal prosecution. Chutkin says Trump's appeal means she must automatically stay further proceedings. Our guest today is investigative reporter Julie Kelly. She's been reporting on all the missteps of the Marxist special counsel. Jack Smith has been covering the Trump trials like no one else. Julie, I want to say first of all, welcome. And then second of all, thanks for all of your great work, all the great work you're doing, all of the recognition you're receiving now, and absolutely richly deserved. I'm very proud of you and grateful for your time here today. Well, so kind, Lou, and thank you so much for covering my work and helping to bring uh, my reporting to your audience. I really appreciate it. Well, you're you're more than welcome, and uh, again, we're just delighted for you, and uh, thanks again for all you're doing. Uh, let's start with the Supreme Court. Uh didn't take them long to react to, uh, uh, to Jack Smith, the special counsel. Uh, were you surprised at uh, the quickness of their response? I was uh, surprised and shocked and a little disheartened, quite frankly, because what we were waiting for this week is for the Supreme Court to finally grant cert or accept to review this case, uh, this 1512C2 obstruction of an official proceeding uh, case that has been before them for the past few months. So we were hoping that we would hear that they would pick that up. And this, of course, has ramifications. We can get into details for more than 300 January 6th defendants and is half of Jack Smith's indictment against Donald Trump. So on Monday, we were waiting for that order. Well, they kicked it down the road, we thought anyway, until January, but then came back within a matter of four or five hours after Jack Smith filed his exceptionally rare motion asking the Supreme Court to settle the presidential immunity issue uh, leapfrogging over the appellate court, this is very unusual, um, and asking them to hear arguments and then render their decision on this unprecedented uh, presidential immunity claim by Donald Trump. Of course, this has never happened before, so they want the Supreme Court to weigh in and bypass really the appellate court. So they came back with that answer right away. So a lot of us were pretty dejected, but then this morning heard the very encouraging news that the Supreme Court is going to take up the 1512C2 obstruction of an official proceeding felony. Um, in April, the D.C. appellate court issued what was called a splintered ruling. A three-judge panel basically came up with three different opinions on whether DOJ was intentionally misinterpreting the statute, which, of course, they have been. Um, and so we all suspected this would end up at the Supreme Court. So finally, today, we got the announcement so many have been waiting for. The Supreme Court will review it. And most people feel pretty strongly that they are going to reverse how the DOJ and these judges in D.C. have been implementing this post-Enron statute to instead criminalize political dissent. Well, that we're all hoping for that result. And so uh, in, in the case uh, in the case of the D.C. courts, uh, the, the the massive and I think spectacularly obvious uh, political corruption of a number of those courts, 
Uh, is there any prospect that we will see this in your judgment? Uh, is there any reason why the Supreme Court would not rein those courts in a bit? Um, no. I mean, I feel much more optimistic that the Supreme Court will rein in what happened with the 1512 C2 because it's so egregious and it's so brazen how the DOJ uh, has twisted the language in that statute to make it fit that what happened on January 6th, the largely ceremonial certification of the Electoral College count, somehow is an official proceeding. And when that statute was passed as part of the 2002 Sarbanes-Oxley Act, it was to fill in what some viewed as a as a gap in laws related to tampering or destroying evidence. And of course, we remember that in the Enron Arthur Anderson case where they were accused of shredding documents. That is what that statute was meant to address, not people interrupting a function of Congress, which, of course, people do all the time. They aren't considered felons then and charged with obstruction of an official proceeding and punishable up to 20 years in prison. Many people who have been convicted or taken plea deals have spent three, four, five years in prison. We have the tragic case of Matthew Perna, a man who was took a plea deal for obstruction and then found out DOJ was going to seek years in prison and he hanged himself. So the really tragic aspect of this, even though it's encouraging news, is where do these people go to get their lives back? Where did they go get years that they spent in prison? Where do Matthew, Matthew Perna's family get him back? I mean, there are there is so much human wreckage for this Department of Justice, Merrick Garland, Lisa Monaco and Matthew Graves, the DCUS attorney for brazenly exploiting, bastardizing the statute to turn these people into felons. This is will be one of the worst abuses of law authority by the Department of Justice in American history. Most people feel very strongly that it it won't even be a close call that the Supreme Court will come in uh, with a strong majority opinion to reverse the DOJ on what they've been doing here. And of course, this does have very serious consequences for special counsel Jack Smith at a very precarious time for his case against uh, Donald Trump for January 6th as well. You're listening to investigative reporter Julie Kelly. We'll be right back with Julie. Stay with us. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. We're back now with Julie Kelly, and uh, we were discussing Jack Smith. Uh, Before I turn to Jack Smith, I would like to get a sense from you. How many people do you believe to be, I know there's no certain count, but believe to be 
uh, confined in the gulags of D.C. Uh, because of 1512, particularly? There aren't. There aren't as many now, but I will say that early on in the investigation and the prosecution, um, most a, a good portion of the defendants who were denied release and held in the D.C. Gulag, their most serious charge was 1512 C2. This was the charge that was levied against the so-called militia members, the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers. And this charge alone uh, resulted in pretrial detention, denying bail for these uh, defendants until eventually Matthew Graves brought more serious charge, seditious conspiracy. But you had people languishing. I mean, I'm thinking of someone like Tim Hale, a naval reservist. He was charged with obstruction and four misdemeanors. Judge Trevor McFadden refused to release him from the D.C. Gulag. He languished in that Gulag for 15 months before he even went to trial and, of course, was immediately convicted by D.C. jury. He is just now getting out of jail after nearly three years, and his most serious offense is 1512 C2. He didn't assault police officers. He didn't vandalize any property. That was his most serious charge. Today, for example, Sarah Carpenter, a former NYPD police officer, she was her most serious conviction, obstruction of an official proceeding and five misdemeanors. This DOJ has come back and asked for 66 months in prison just yesterday for her. And most of the time that they want is related to her conviction of obstruction of an official proceeding. Now, her attorney today filed an emergency motion seeking to vacate the sentencing date until the Supreme Court resolves this matter. You're going to see an avalanche of motions similar to that including releasing defendants who are serving out prison time right now on that conviction. This is a complete, this will be a complete humiliation for the Department of Justice and at least 15 D.C. judges who refuse to dismiss this count against hundreds of defendants. The only judge who did this is Carl Nichols, a Trump appointee. He dismissed this charge against three defendants. That's how we got it to the Supreme Court. And the delicious irony here is that the Department of Justice appealed Judge Nichols's dismissal of the case. We wouldn't even be here if it was not for DOJ appealing it. That's called karma. It's uh, it certainly is. And let's hope that sustains through uh, throughout these proceedings. Uh, it, it is it is unimaginable to think what has uh, this Department of Justice, this FBI, this administration has done in the greatest democracy, the greatest constitutional republic in history, which is defile it all uh, and to do so wantonly uh, and with absolute purpose. Uh, you said it, the human wreckage here is awful and uh, I don't know how it's made right, but I hope that we find a way to uh, to make it as right as can be. Uh, turning to special counsel Jack Jack Smith seeking the the uh, declaration by the Supreme Court as to whether or not uh, President Trump has immunity for crimes uh, allegedly committed during his presidency. What do you think the mood of uh, and the th- uh, thinking will be of the Supreme Court? You know, it's hard to say. Like I said, I'm less optimistic uh, that they will deny or that they will grant 
President Trump's claims of executive immunity here, even though this is the first time the court has had to deal with this issue, whether a president can be criminally charged or whether that is what the impeachment process is for. That's also part of Donald Trump's lawyer's argument is that the proper system to adjudicate any alleged crimes committed in office is impeachment. And of course, he was impeached by the House related to the events of January 6th and attempts to, quote unquote, overturn the 2020 election. So does this represent double jeopardy? But something else the court will have to address, not just whether he's entitled to presidential immunity, period, from criminal prosecution, but whether that matter has already been settled by the House when they voted to impeach him in the spring of 2021. So these are really politically fraught issues that will have consequences that far outlast anything that Donald Trump will do, not reelected or, or, or reelected. What the Supreme Court will do if they deny his claims of presidential immunity is set the stage now for every president who loses an election to a candidate of the opposing party of that Department of Justice then opening and pursuing criminal charges for anything. And what was interesting in Donald Trump's uh, motion that was filed Thursday, mo- excuse me, Wednesday morning um, to uh, uh, opposing Jack Smith's uh, motion before the appellate court to expedite that as well is, well, can we go back then and charge George W. Bush for his crimes for misleading the American people about weapons of mass destruction, resulting in the deaths of really how many millions of people around the world, thousands of U.S. soldiers. So they kind of went through a brief litany of how then this could be applied to former presidents and, of course, future presidents as well. This would be a slippery slope into the banana republic style territory that I and others have been warning about. So this is a very heavy duty decision for the Supreme Court to make, which is just one of many reasons why it should not be fast tracked. And I'll be very surprised if the Supreme Court does accept his petition to grant cert and move forward with this on an expedited basis rather than saying, no, this is going to go to the proper channels. It is going to go to the appellate court three-judge panel, then maybe the full court, then it's coming here. We're not doing your dirty work, Jack Smith, so you and Tanya Chutkin can stick with this March 4th trial date because, of course, they want to rush the trial, get a quick conviction, and try to get him behind bars. Now what the Supreme Court did today throws another huge monkey wrench. And I will say, um, you know, even further than we were a few days ago, uh, that March 4th trial date looks almost impossible to uh, keep in place. But on the other hand, uh, Julie, uh, it also, uh, that we should remind everyone that March 4th date is one day before the uh, Super Tuesday primaries, uh, a date that uh, is, was, I will put it this way, coincidentally disadvantageous to President Trump from the beginning. Uh, I don't know what happens should they make a quick decision. we're going to find out what Julie Kelly thinks about that prospect and many others as we continue here on The Great America Show. We're talking with Julie Kelly. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we're back now with Julie Kelly. And Julie, we were talking just at the other side of this, uh, (laughs) that most recent commercial break, uh, about what would happen if they did get a uh, expedited decision, a ruling from the Supreme Court on Jack Smith's uh, issue about presidential immunity for alleged crimes committed uh, during his presidency. Right. So I don't even see if they get a fast track calendar at the Supreme Court, how this will possibly be settled before March 4th. Now, keep in mind, because this is an immunity appeal, um, that all of the pretrial deadlines are now on hold. That means jury selection. That's supposed to technically start on January 9th. There's reporting that the jury surveys, initial surveys, have already been sent out to prospective jurors explaining that this March 4th trial date, and it could go a few months. So how do you unwind that? So there are all sorts of deadlines that are are essentially on hold as the trial date is essentially on hold by law until the immunity issue is settled, even if they fast track it. And and how can the Supreme Court get away with what? No oral arguments. They're just going to issue some order. I guess they can do that as well. I don't see that happening, especially at a time when the legitimacy of the court, especially on the left, is so precarious. They certainly don't want the right helping to delegitimize this court as well. So even if they do grant cert and they do fast track, there's no way this will be settled in time for all of these other, you know, and there's other serious litigation involved, classified information rules that will have to be litigated. And keep in mind, too, another reason Jack Smith wants this March 4th deadline, March 4th trial date, because it is um, it, it also hinges on the May 20th trial in the classified documents case. Now, Judge Aileen Cannon has suspended all those pretrial deadlines arguing with Smith's team, and she directly told them in a hearing last month, I was there, and she said, there's a very good chance the D.C. Washington March trial could overlap with the trial that's expected to start here. And she asked Jay Brett, Jack Smith's top prosecutor, do you not see a problem here? I mean, that he's entitled to prepare for his own defense. He can't do that if he's on trial in Washington. And he said, yes, I guess they could overlap. So she's already suspended that. So if this trial somehow gets pushed into April or May, the classified documents trial is gone for this year. There's no way and she will never allow it to happen, you know, as the general election gets closer and closer. So these are all the moving parts to this. But for right now, things don't look good for Jack Smith and Tanya Chutkin as they try to force that March 4th trial date down Donald Trump's throat and our throat, too. 
Julie, thanks for the clarity. And I think everyone has benefited immensely from uh, the way you've laid this out and explained what is a very complicated uh, legal process. I believe the Supreme Court will be the country's best chance to right so many wrongs and to move into uh, November of next year for the election with the greatest chance of a, a, an election of some integrity and security. Julie Kelly, thanks so much for being with us. Uh, we appreciate it so much, and God bless you. You too, Lou. Thanks so much for having me on. Thanks, everybody, for being with us. Our guest here tomorrow on The Great America Show is Jim Hoft. He's the founder of The Gateway Pundit. Please join us, and please join us each and every day for The Great America Show. Thanks, everybody. God bless you, and God bless America. America.